Hello and welcome to year three, episode 12 of Pat's Interference. So sorry we didn't have a national episode last week. We had some technical issues, but we're back. We're ready to talk about Alabama's statement win. That's right, a statement win against Vanderbilt, a 59-0 shutout in which Alabama proved that they are the number one team in the nation. Brick and I are going to run through that game, plus give you a preview to the Ole Miss game. No time to waste. Let's get it going. This is Pat's Interference. What's good, everybody? You're listening to Pat's Interference, an absolute masterpiece from the Alabama Crimson Tide on September 23rd, week 4, 59-0 win in Nashville over Vanderbilt. But I do have to say, when you go to Vanderbilt, they teach you how to play SEC football. Bama, you're next. All right, we're going to get on our way here. I'm Patrick Brickman. I'm Patrick Norwood. Brick, hell of a win. Hell of a win. That's uh, one way to put it. You've you've written here an absolute masterpiece. First of all, let's address last week. We we missed an episode last week because my mic is terrible. If you want to make a donation uh, to Pat's Interference, that's fine. Just reach out to us at patsinterference at gmail.com to get us new microphones. Mine yeah, is, we could both probably use a new microphone. But mine's, yours, uh, mine's liquid garbage. Out. Yeah, it's crapped out. Completely. Like and we had a good episode, episode, too. I hate to say that. We had a good one. We did. Um where we we'll, we'll kind of discuss what we said in hindsight in the national podcast. It was supposed to be last week's national podcast, and, and uh, we both had some pretty good predictions. And then the one week we had predictions, the episode doesn't work. So um, Not at all. Yeah, the kind of luck we have here. But, it's hey, stuff happens. Damn Nobody's interns. You know, Pat's it, interference it, yeah. interns. It's Can't the interns. do anything right. They don't work here anymore. Skyler and Kittle both fired. Uh, this is Pat's interference. This is the Bama episode for this week. Uh, we will be recounting. The Vanderbilt uh, slaughter, which is a nice way to put it, sure. And we will be previewing the Ole Miss Rebels coming to Tuscaloosa for a night game. And, oh, my God, is that going to happen again? But first, Brick, (laughs) uh, how was was your weekend? How did you watch the games? It was great. I have to say I found my new spot, my new place. Okay. Last year we watched most weeks of football, uh, my wife and I, maybe some friends from work, at Buffalo Wild Wings. Got nothing against it. Um, their their buffalo chicken macaroni and cheese is, is to die for. But there's just too much that goes on. There's too many distractions. A lot. I didn't get to see as much of the games as I wanted sometimes. There's so a there's lot. This, there's this little place here. It's called The Place. It's just called The Place, downtown Panama City. I loved it. A bunch of old people go there, my kind of people. The sure. owners uh, are Alabama grads. Um you know, they take shots every time Alabama scores. It's a lot of fun. Oh boy. Four TVs, it's quiet. I can focus on the game around people of, you know, my kind of speed watching football. Sure. Um, so that's what I did as I hunkered down there for about eight hours. I'll be doing the same this week. Uh, I know you were off uh, for a rare Saturday I was, as well. Yes, yes, I was off. Uh, my buddy Kevin came over. We watched so many good games so many good games saturday um i was actually cleaning during the alabama game which sounds odd but it was just kind of nice to just be just have a normal this is totally a game where you could clean during it like 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 yeah but just to have a normal saturday where it's like what what could i do i could vacuum i i could i could i could dust it was it was nice it was a great game it's a great game talk to my mom through halftime it was okay, it was great. Okay. We talked about it. Dad got to go to the game. I understand was, your dad was there. Yeah, it he was chose in a Nashville. good one to go to. Sure, sure. You know, so it, it was good. It was good. It was nice to have a Saturday off. Uh, be looking forward to the chaos next week, or I guess this week, 
this Saturday when we've got two games and I can't watch any football. But that's okay. Uh, what's going on at High Point this Saturday? Give we've us the got, High Point update. We're getting into conference play, all right? That's big. All right, and uh, High Point Volleyball knocked off Radford last year to win the conference championship. Which we all and remember. Guess who comes to town Saturday? Oh, is it is it Radford? Oh, boy, the Highlanders. Those Highlanders, Highlanders man. Led by, led by senior uh, Maggie Palmer. She's good. She could be the GOAT. She's pretty She's good. good. She's good. But I, I think High Point will sneak by. If I can say so myself, I think they'll be all right. Got a 3-0 shutout of Campbell. The Camels today. Then uh, women's soccer takes the field later that night to play who else, Brick, but Radford University. Well, you've got a great weekend ahead of you. This is way better than college football. It, sure. Sure. Uh, let's get let's get back to the Vanderbilt game, though. Um, Please. Remember that time that we they were coming out with those articles, Brick, about the Andy's defensive numbers are statistically better than Alabama. Statistically, Vanderbilt statistically, has the best defense. Better. And passing Statistically. Attack. You know, and 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 their QBR is a little bit, a little bit. I mean, Shermer's QBR is a little bit higher than Jalen Hurts. And you know what? I I heard that Vanderbilt Stadium's a little bit louder, too. That's basically. Do you see what I'm doing? It's it's yeah, the they type had all of the momentum. They had all garbage. the momentum. You know, when you come into here, we teach you how to play SEC football. We show your, you. Bam, your voice isn't high pitched enough. Yeah, that's true. When you what come in here, we show you how to play SEC football. If you wouldn't have told me that that wasn't, like, your voice, I would have thought it was him. That was perfect. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad I that could do that. Bama outgains Vandy by almost 600 yards, 599. Most for a Power 5 matchup in the last decade. Ten years um, it's been since somebody dominated somebody like that on both sides of the ball. Now, 500 yards on the ground, uh, it kind of got cheated back a little bit because Alabama did take a knee. Um, at the five-yard line to end the game, which I thought was a classy move. Players were giving Saban hell for it, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, he that was, was a fun moment. Having that, a good was, time that was pretty it. fun. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I don't want to read too much into that, but I, I thought it was a funny moment where, you know, you can tell he and his players kind of have that chemistry this year. I thought, um, all, I thought all, all of Nick Saban's players can't stand him, though. That's what they all say. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. He's a jerk, mm-hmm. right? Uh, fifth in the country now for rushing offense, Alabama is. Uh, three of the teams ahead, and you sent me this. This is a Brickman stat. This is for uh, you. Three of the teams ahead run the triple option. I have never – you know, like – Look, I've never gotten engaged, but you know that feeling when you got engaged where your heart just swelled, you know, oh, yeah. and it was just it was just that relief and that release, and I'm sure you just cried. I was actually brushing my teeth and just had to sit down for a second, and I just wept for a solid five minutes. It's about time I heard those words. You know, it's been three years on this podcast, and you've been asking for this for quite some time. For three years, actually. For three years on the podcast, I've been asking this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a dream come true for me, if we're being honest. So let's go ahead. Let's, let's you know, uh, Bama, for 38 first downs, Fandy, 38 plays, um, and passing yards. So let's go ahead that's and talk hum- about the that's, offense. That's so fun. That is so that's, fun to me. That's a good 38 stat. 38 first downs for Alabama, which is the most I think they've ever had in their 100-plus years of playing football. I think that's true. I think I heard uh, that. 677 total yards, 496 rushing, 7.5 yards per carry. Um, I think five running backs ended up getting at least one carry with ten, that included 10 or more yards. I think so. Um, and three of those running backs get a, a carry that was 15 or more yards after contact, uh, which Jeez. is another great stat. Um, 
just dominant, completely up and down. Reminds me of when like Oregon used to go play Hawaii for the first game of the season back when Chip Kelly was there. It's like that yeah. type of number. They put up 700 yards total, and then it, it, it you know. However, the first in couple s- years. instead of you know the constant running you know running gun offense that Oregon has, this was an Alabama offense, uh, and it was beautifully done, beautifully done, completely dominant. Um, finally, the running backs seem to get in a rhythm. And we'll talk about that that word rhythm here in a second. Hurts, very, you know, I don't want to say ho-hum day, but not a lot of opportunities to mess up, and he didn't. You know, they didn't I, need him to. They didn't even want it. They didn't want to throw the ball this game. They no. threw some because you have, you have to sometimes, but they didn't care. You know, yeah. they, this was, this was. I can't wait till we get to the piece a little bit later when we talk about Brian Dable, uh, yes. offensive coordinator. I cannot wait because – Listen, you just mentioned getting engaged and heart swelling. I could be in love. We'll get to that in a little bit. I love it. <laughs> but wow, I'm um, excited. Yeah, no, he didn't have to do uh, much at all. He didn't have no. to do much at all, and it was no. great. No, um, uh, a couple big plays from him that I remember is, is scrambles toward the sidelines a couple times. Still not exactly recognizing the blitzes as much as I would prefer, but I think I'm kind of being nitpicky with that. I that was I, our I can't one tell. negative moment during the game. That first drive when we ended up. Yes. Uh, punting because he he missed a blitz and that's the only time they even got to him all night that's the only time they got to anybody behind the line of scrimmage on yes. saturday yeah yeah uh you know so other than that great day for jalen um damian harris really cementing his spot as the number one guy bo scarborough really cementing his spot as the number two guy um you know i i don't know how you can watch this offense and still think that bo scarborough is your number one running back not anything against him i just don't think he's playing as well as our number one guy and Damian I think Harris he's fine just with produces, that. man. The kid just and he he could he's he's getting to the air area where he could, he might be the most underrated, at least offensive player, in the Saban era. I mean, he is mm. all he does is just produce. Even on days where we're not running the ball well, he's averaging five yards a carry. He was twelve yards a carry in this game. All yeah. he does is just make a subtle move that doesn't look flashy, doesn't even look like it was a move, and there we go, eight more yards. He he's slippery but he's powerful. Um, there's a reason he was the number one, number two running back in his class. It's just, you know, I don't know why he gets forgotten about so often. Maybe because he's not so physically imposing and impressive, but he just he just gets the job done, man. I love Damian Harris. I'm going to, you know, it's he's he's, uh, he's very underrated running back. Scarborough's good. I think the fun thing that we're going to have, because it's funny, last week after um, – after the game, we were like, well, you know, we don't have as much to say specifically about the games because these games are blowouts, and we'll say more next week. This one was the biggest blowout. So I think one fun thing we can talk about, we got a really, really good look at the future in this game. Yes. Uh, the play that everybody's going to discuss, and let's just get right into it because that's what we always do here. The play that everyone discusses was uh, two of the tank, touchdown two of the Hawaiian Two of football after that play. <laughs> Um, getting almost sacked not once, twice, three times, and then getting crunched as soon as he lets as soon as he lets the ball go, falling right in the bread basket. I I think it was Jerry Judy, was it not? No, it was uh Smith. It was it was Smith, it, was, it was uh. But regardless, on that play, I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, four of these skill position players were true freshmen. Oh, yeah. That's damn impressive. I I mean, that's – that's uh, – come on. 
I Tua mean, showed some amazing. He showed an amazing ability. He was about to get crushed. He knew he was about to get crushed on that play after but baiting I, I two think other people. And he even, still noticed Smith changed his route. He was running a um, he was running a, a an out route to the sideline. Saw the scramble drill, turned mm-hmm. it upfield, and Tua saw it immediately, and yeah. and launched a perfect great right downfield vision. Going. I was impressed with that throw, but not. And this is going to sound kind of weird, but let me finish. Not as impressed as I was during his first touchdown pass that was just a laser down the sideline. Um, you know, that first drive he had, he picked up a blitz, which is better than our starting quarterback is doing, and threw a hot read for eight yards. His next pass, he throws it 14 yards down the sideline on a bullet, and our guy scrambles in for a touchdown. Um, yep. That pass I was more impressed with because it just looked like he knew what he was doing. It looked like he knew he had the touchdown before he even threw the ball. I mean, it was perfectly placed, and it, it looked like he could read where everybody was going to kind of move, which is good. Usually, you get a quarter, you know, a freshman quarterback in a game like this, where yeah, it's garbage time, but he's still kind of frazzled. He's looking around. He's not really sure what's going on. Not touchdown to him, man. I, that point, guy knows what he's doing. At what point? Because everybody's talking about this now, and you know, we we haven't talked much about it on the podcast. He's clearly going to show that at some point down the road, he's going to be too good to keep off the field in big games. Um, how does he get involved in this team? You know, I don't think that Nick Saban's the type of coach that's ever going to try to go to a two quarterback system. So does he just wait till he's a senior? Does he, you know, we hate to say it, would he think about transferring? How do you feel that needs to be managed? I don't know if you can blame him if he transfers, and I hate saying it, but what is? What... You know, I hope he stays, but I don't see someone with that talent staying just to play one year of football. Yes, that's and tough. Then, because then think about it. If you're in his shoes, all right, I'm going to wait. I'm going to play one year of football. What if I get hurt in that first game? NFL scouts and their tapes of me is a Vanderbilt game that was over and – however many games I last before I get injured, you know? So I just, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he does stay. I just don't know how anyone could blame him or if he's thinking about competing for the starting job next season. Saban always does say every position is, is a competition, but um, no, I also I, don't, you know, Jay, I don't, I love Jalen as a quarterback, Jalen Hurts, but I don't think he's the type of quarterback that's going to be good enough to leave after his junior year. No, I don't. Either. I think he stays four years because I, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that NFL scouts are going to love at quarterback. Um, he just hasn't shown enough throwing the ball. I mean, Tua shows has already shown as much throwing the ball as Jalen has in his entire uh, year and one third now starting. So, and not I'm not knocking Jalen. I'm not even saying anybody's better. I want Jalen to be the starter right now. He's got the experience. He's got the mocks. He's got the poise. He's got the record. But you know, it is it is a worthy argument or not argument, but discussion to have about this clearly blue-chip quarterback we have that's a true freshman that can't redshirt that, because he's already playing, he's our backup, he needs those reps, but he's clearly very good and would be starting on, shoot, like 90% of teams he looks like right now. Right. I mean, you you, you want to tell me he wouldn't be the starter at, a, at, at, at almost all of the schools in the SEC right now? I mean, Arizona Save. State. Please get my joke. <laughs> I get your joke. Thank you. Wouldn't that be funny if he transferred to Arizona State and started over Barnett? 
What a punk, man. <laughs> that would that'd be great. We're not mentioning it. We, remember, we made a pact. We're not talking about those quarterbacks in that way on the podcast. Uh, other true freshmen that looked good. It wasn't just Tim. Judy scored a touchdown. Smith Najee scored Harris. a touchdown. Najee, Najee Harris, Harris and even jumped over another human being. Twice. He, the, he's Okay, he's, this is what I wanted to say on the podcast. Remember Eddie Lacy, how we called him the B-button? Yes. By the time Najee Harris leaves, he might be—he seriously might be the best hurdling running back I've ever seen. He's going to be the Y button. I love it. He's going to be the Y button. He—he's the hurdle guy, or if you are PlayStation, he's the triangle. But it's more fun to do. Um, It's—I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll we'll discuss PlayStation, Xbox another day, maybe when he's a starter. And even Brian Robinson, the true freshman running back. Brian Robinson looked good. Uh, uh, Ronnie Clark looked good as well. <laughs> okay, everybody looked good on even okay, even Papanastos looked good. Let's don't. Let's calm it down. Everybody uh, looked good. I'm gonna it, give everybody credit on Saturday. Switch gears to the defense. Seventy eight total yards surrendered. Uh first drive was not looking great until the interception. The interception was not really because of anything Alabama did spectacularly. Um nope, now I'm right not place, saying right time. Turnover. I'm not saying that Vanderbilt was going to drive down the field and score. I'm just saying the defense didn't come out and wow me that first drive like they did the rest of the game. But I think after that turnover, then Alabama scored, there was no looking back for Vanderbilt's offense. They were like, oh, boy, here we go. And they knew they, they were in, in for one day. Um, they only allowed three first downs, one third down conversion. Um, having all those linebackers on the field, like you say in the docket, like – it makes a huge difference. You've got so much depth at that position, especially with the different packages that Nick Saban likes to run in his defensive scheme and Jeremy Pruitt likes to run in his defensive scheme. It was, uh, it's, it's imperative to have a good core of linebackers that can, you know, one guy in, one guy out, and you don't lose any talent on the field. And I feel like Alabama's got that this year. Well, Evans um, is the big one. Remember, you know, I said before the season, I think Evans is, is the breakout guy you, on the team. You and my dad agree with that uh, he's he's a big Rashawn Evans guy and just he said you know looking from the stands my dad said that he felt like um Evans was kind of the quarterback of the linebackers this year was just kind of getting everybody he's, very, set, he's always everybody been a vocal guy and um, he's got such great side he was recruited as, as like a hybrid defensive and outside linebacker but he's put on gate he's gained weight while keeping the same speed he had at that position where his, his sideline to sideline speed at middle linebacker is too much to turn down He's yes. so good. He could play any linebacker position he wanted, but he serves his best standing right next to Sean Dion Hamilton. The defense, we can only break it down so much. Um, so I want to ask you this question. That uh, Nope, I put it farther down. We'll get more to the defense in a little bit. Now, how much of this game do you feel was Alabama being good or Vanderbilt being bad? Yeah, I, I feel like it was a hand-in-hand in both. You know, I, I it, you beat a team 59 nothing, and you hold them to – three first downs, you're playing really, really good football. I don't care who you're playing. You know, uh, at the same time, I think the best recruit Vanderbilt can get, the best recruiting class Vanderbilt can ever hope for is a one to two four-star class, and then the rest are all three stars or two stars. I, I don't see Vanderbilt ever eclipsing that mark um, with the way that they trend currently. Now, that could change, but... Um, you know, when you look at that, okay, put that in terms of other teams that Alabama plays. Colorado State, you know, Fresno State, they played this season, and Fresno State not even really can be included in that. Um, you know, it's just, meh. 
you know, I, I'm, I'm pleased with the win, obviously. A shutout's a shutout. A good win is a good win. But these people that are saying that it's over because Alabama's the – no. No. Oh, no, 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 no. This is you – know, it's, it's you not. Know, this is... It's not. Vanderbilt did not have a good defense. That's what Brick and I are trying to tell you in this podcast. <laughs> Vanderbilt played – Vanderbilt played bad teams. Up until this point, Vanderbilt played bad teams, and their defense got cocky. Well, they won That's their Super happened. Bowl. They won their Super Bowl. They beat the ranked team. They beat Kansas State. And, and you know, I'm not un- going to undersell a win like that for Vanderbilt. And they probably wouldn't do it again if they played again today. You know, it's a good win for them. K- Kansas State's a well-coached team that should beat Vanderbilt 10 out of time, 10 times they play. So that's nice. But it was the whole build-up. And this is why I'm thrilled with the win. is because it shows that this team has the personality that we hope for. You know, the yes. pride, what we like, that 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 swagger. That's not Miami swagger. It's a different. It's a it's a different kind of Nick Saban swagger. They felt disrespected. Uh, you know, uh, all the interviews after the game, Jalen Hurts was saying it. Bo Scarborough was saying it. Bo Scarborough was talking about how he f- heard on the field one player saying, "I just don't want to play anymore, man. I want this game to be over." And that's when he decided to run harder. And this is when to go. Bo Scarborough was still in the game, so it was still within uh, three or four scores. And that's why I'm thrilled. You know, Vanderbilt played bad. They played horrible. But Alabama played well. And I think you I think you said when it goes hand in hand, that's the way it goes. Um, Alabama started off strong, and it snowballed. The more we scored, the less they wanted to play. Make their ass quit. That's Saban's key phrase. That was his first viral phrase as an Alabama head coach. And there you go. That's what they did. Yep. If you want it bad enough, you can't sit still. Hey, Brick, uh, if you want this bad enough, you can't sit still. It's been 3,993 days since Tennessee beat Alabama. Uh, let's move on. Special teams, Papanastos, one-for-one one field goal. He's You put he's eight for ten. Who cares? We know he's going to miss the big ones. We don't. I'm just saying. Stop. Making No. Stop. Listen. Don't. No. Don't do this to yourself. What we are you can't, doing? No. It's almost like you want to root against our kicker. He's our kicker whether we like it or not. He no, needs to make every Brick, field goal no. to build the confidence. No. No. I'm not doing this again. Did I just say he's a great kicker? He's our kicker. It's what we have. All right. Sure. I'm going outside. Yeah. I'm finding the biggest tree I can find. I'm going to knock it with until my fingers bleed. But at the moment. Stop. There's confidence building. Stop. Right, you, you root for him to suck so we can complain about it. I'm not rooting for him to suck. I'm being a realist. Name the last good kicker we had. Nah, we both thought Andy Adam Griffith was pretty good at this time last year. Yeah. I thought he was great towards the end of 2015. but It's been a while since they've had a dominant kicker. But you just have to hope he makes them. If he's making them against Vanderbilt, I'm not like rooting against the kid, but I'm also not going to sit here and be like, oh, he's turning it around. Why? Because he's made well, a couple 30-yarders? Honestly, he doesn't have anything to turn around. He had a, 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 a substandard debut, but it's not like he's gone out there and, and Kate yes, Foster Yes, in Alabama's one competitive game this season, he sucked. We'll see. We'll see. There's nothing to turn around yet. All we heard was rumors at training camps. I'm not saying he's a great kicker. Maybe if we he keep running the ball, quarter- it's not going to matter. All he's got to do is kick extra points Hopefully. anyway. Hopefully. Hopefully. All right. Yes. So what does this win? Let's let's wrap this up. What does this win mean for the season? You've put here that you're kind of comparing it to 2015 Georgia. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, and here's why. That Georgia team was good. <laughs> Uh, the quality of, of opponents completely different. I, I see what you mean by saying it's a launching pad where you can look back to, okay, this is where the team got it together. 
I, I agree with you there. And I, I think we'll look back on this game fondly no matter what, but also as, okay, this is when the team sort of started figuring it out. I feel like in 2015, that team never really figured it out until the playoffs. Until until the Auburn game, I feel like that team never really got in a rhythm, never got it going, never were on the same page until the second half of the Auburn game. You really think so? I do. I do. I have I to think... go back and think about some of those games. But, I, I, you know, I really feel like the, they weren't as together as last year's team, but I felt like they kind of got some, some, uh, some, you know, some – I keep using the word, but just uh, oh, I'll, I'll use confidence under their belt. Uh, you know, you start to find your identity. The reason I put that is because, and I think you know what I'm saying, but I'll explain it further. Right. Yeah. No, they, I, they and I get it, and I think it's a good point for sure. They felt disrespected by the media. Nick Saban's yes. very good at motivating people when that starts to happen. He acts like he isn't. He acts like they don't care, and then I know behind closed doors he's telling his team that they they think you guys are awful. All right, they don't think that this is a killer team. They don't think you're any good. Yeah, we're number one in the polls, but you see yeah. what they're writing about you. They're just waiting for you to falter. He gets I feel like off. he does that. Sure. Sure. I don't. Ca- I don't think the team cares whether it was against 2015 Georgia or this week's Vanderbilt. I think the team just knows they showed how that good they can be, and hopefully that. I just feel like the focus changed in 2015 against Georgia. The team knew they could do it, and I feel like this is the week where the team goes, "Hey." You know, we're pretty good. People like to say that 2016-2015 was good. We're our own kind of good team. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, let's talk about Mr. Brian Dable, if you will. Be dad. Yeah, so so a third of the year is over. And I hate to say it that way because it's sad because we want football season to last as long as possible. But we're talking about 12 games in a regular season. Alabama's 4-0, and hence it's about a third of the way done. So... Good math. I wanted to brush up on some things that we haven't really graded yet. We haven't talked too much in depth on because we've been finding our feet so far this season. But the big one, the big storyline, is that we do have a new offensive coordinator. We have despised the last two, if you want to count Sarkeesian as a one-day offensive coordinator. One game, I guess. So, or we didn't even really like Nussmeyer back in the day. So, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this. Um... But I'm going to ask you, how do you feel about him right now? You know, I feel like I feel like he's B-Dabs, as we affectionately call him here on Pat's Interference. Uh, I feel like B-Dabs is finally finding his rhythm. Um, you know, he's, he's getting a series of plays and a set of eight or nine or ten plays that he feels confident in pretty much every time Alabama takes the field. And if I'm the rest of the SEC or the rest of the nation, that's that's a scary thought. Okay, this this offensive coordinator and this quarterback are getting on the same page. Uh, this quarterback's getting on the same page with his receivers. And honestly, he's running the ball. He's running the ball, which is a nice change in pace. Um, you know, I, I think it's something that um, we've wanted to see for a long time. A game like this, or at least I have, and I don't think that's a secret. I've never made that a secret. Um, you know, and I hate to say, like, oh, I told you so. But in a sense, yeah, a lot of fans told you so. You've recruited the number one or two or three running back in the nation for the past, what, decade? Start using that. That's a tool. You know, and I, I think I think Alabama's finally started using that. Now, when people stack the box, that's when we'll see how B-Dabs is really doing. People stack the box and we're not getting any ground on the or, uh, yards on the ground. Let's air it out. Then I'll really believe in them. If that starts going off without a hitch, I'm all in. But right now, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm going to give him a B. I'm going to give him a B. All right. Well, I like it. I'm giving him an A because the biggest thing, the biggest thing that sticks out to me 
and I've seen enough of the game so far to say that it's working, when he sees that something's going on, when he sees that something's working and is getting yards and is being successful out on the field, he sticks with it. He keeps going with it till it stops working, and then he finds something else, and he calls a good play there. You know, when 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 uh, earlier in the year when the Jalen Hurts read option was working against Fresno State, he kept going to it. And I might have complained then because I didn't really understand, but I learned, I'm starting to learn that's, that's what he does. When we're popping off 7, 8, 9, 10 yards of carry against Vanderbilt, he doesn't just inexplicably do a jet sweep for minus 4 yards and all of a sudden we're punting. The Kiffin's biggest sin was the fact that he could call a good play, he could get something to work, and then he'd go away from it. Right. He was he was too worried about, oh, I need to switch it up so I keep them on their toes instead of, yes. oh, this is working, with, let's get With yards. the exception of 2015, which is the one year where he – what I felt like he was trying to win Derrick Henry a Heisman. He did, but Derrick Henry was our offense. You, you, he, there's no way he could have messed up that year. And it still took him until the LSU game to really realize it. Um, but, you know, it's just like – he doesn't care about who's getting the stats, right? He's not just trying to get Jalen Hurts the touchdown or just trying to get Amari Cooper the touchdown or just trying to get Derrick Henry the touchdown or just trying to get rid of the... You know what I'm saying here about Kiffin now? It's like he was trying to force touchdowns into certain guy's hands like he was playing NCAA football on the Xbox. No, he just goes out there and does what's working, right? He was looking for his feet in the FSU game and, and nothing was working. Their defense was at full strength and they were playing really well against us and you know, we got a chunk touchdown and another rushing touchdown later. Since then, he's just been dynamite. And, you know, if it sticks, if this is what he keeps doing, he'll play some better defenses down the road. I don't even know that we have a great defense on our schedule coming up. Th- that's all we ask. That's, I think I don't even think Alabama fans are, you know, pounding the table as much, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. You know, that's what we've been saying because Kiffin wasn't doing it. But I don't really think that's our mentality. Just, just if mine. it's working, don't go away from it. We know we're the better team. You should know you're the better team. If it's working, do it. Don't get fancy. That's not how we do stuff here. We just go beat teams. All if right, fancy's working, stick with fancy. But it's keep, not, it wasn't, so, you know. Let's keep it rolling here. Uh, continuing with this sort of third of the year, Don, what do we think? Trend? Um, the defense. What What is this year's potential as far as defense is concerned? Well, I've said it all year. I mean, they're not going to be what last year was. There's no not going to be a defense like last year for a really long time and not might not even be on Alabama. I mean, we're talking about an all-time great defense that, as we've said, if they won the national championship, might be regarded as the best. But there's no reason this can't be its own kind of great defense, right? There's no right. reason that they can't kind of get up into the discussion with some other great ones, some, some, some 2009, some 2000-whatevers defenses. Um, because there's a lot of talent out there. The pass rush is developing. I think it'll start to be a little bit more as the season goes on. But um, in our secondary, you know, it's really good. We got a lot of seniors back there. We got a lot of uh, high draft picks that are projected. Harrison's played well. We all know what Fitzpatrick is. Uh, even Tony Brown's coming around back there. And you know, most of those guys will leave next year. We'll be all you know discussing how bad they're playing at this point next year. But I think they can still be good. They're definitely a national championship caliber defense. Yes, I agree. I think, yeah, you basically stole the words out of my mouth. I think they're good, um, and they can sort of make their own path and make their own way. And we can say, oh, well, you know, here's the thing. Defensive line is nowhere near where it was last year, period. Uh, Linebackers as a core, however, 
I'll say that as a core, not individual talent, but as a team, as a linebacking core, I think this year has a, a slight nod. Slight. Yeah, they're nod. doing really well. Uh, defensive backs are the, is the big thing for me. You know, Eddie Jackson went down last year, and then there were a lot of question marks. This year, you've got, like you said, Tony Brown just coming around. Ronnie Harrison is, you know, settling in even more than we thought he would, which is scary for opposing defenses. Minka Fitzpatrick is Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, Anthony Averett is getting noticed on national broadcasts as a stalwart defensive back, which is just crazy to me because I yeah, thought we, he was, he was the afterthought last year. year. We thought he was the afterthought last you know? year. But and even so, Woody Jones and, and Levi Wallace are getting interceptions back Levi there. Wallace has had a great year so far. So I think the defensive backs are where this team is really making their own way. Like you said, they're not going to be last year's defense, but we knew that coming in. There's still a defense that can win a national championship, and I love that. I'm very, very happy about that. Are we still confident, however, that Alabama can win it all? Yeah, I think it's I, – you know, I put this in here just so we can reiterate and say it because we might complain a lot sometimes, but – Look at how down the SEC is. Actually, yes. look how down the country is. I'm just going to say it. You know, yes, the SEC is down. A lot of conferences are down. If you yes. look at the out of conference, everybody's between eight and eight and six and six. I looked this up earlier. I meant to type it on here, but you know, the Big Twelve's eight and six. The Pac-12 six and eight. Uh, I think. Uh, I think the SEC's eight and six. Um, it's really just. It's a very top-heavy sport right now. The ACC has one team. they got one team right now. We Well, got, the SEC has two teams, but will remain to be seen if the two is actually a team yet. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll talk about Georgia International Podcast. That's a team I'm really excited to talk about. I, um, think, I think you're – honestly, and I hate saying this, but I, I think – the most exciting and intriguing and to use your word that I hate it when people use, but it's the best word to use in the situation. The sexiest conference right now is the big 12. <laughs> Ugh, oof. I know, but think and about think it. Back to got, two years ago. Well, now so hold on. Bad. Think about the big 12 right now. You've got a Texas team that almost just upset USC. You've got an Oklahoma team. That's for lack of a better word, bowling over teams that they should beat now the Baylor game was weird but we'll talk about that later in the week and I really want to pick a bone with you about Oklahoma later in the week oh boy I'm sure you do yeah go ahead and start doing your research because I've done mine uh then you've got TCU coming out of nowhere no one was expecting TCU to do what they did this year um you know so I, th- I think that's sort of your conference you're looking at right now and that's really sad for college football yeah, that's really that's sad. True. That's true. Oklahoma that's State true. got whooped. I mean, it's it's just not great. And like I said, the ACC's got one team. The SEC's got one team. I'm not buying Georgia yet fully. I like him. I'm not buying him yet. Big tw- or uh, Big Ten. Yes, you've got Michigan who's undefeated, but are they really? Are they and really? And then you got Penn State. And then you got Penn State. And then you've got Penn State, is who is good. one play away from winning or from losing last week, and without Saquon Barkley is done now teams have won national championships with just one player 2010 auburn some would argue last year's clemson team i'm not some of those but some would you know absolutely no absolutely not clemson last year but uh, they had one loss they had a bad loss 2015 alabama without derrick henry you know yeah a lot of these teams and a lot of these teams will lose a game a lot of these teams that we say are at top penn state will probably lose a game i wouldn't be surprised if oklahoma does 
In fact, there hasn't been a national championship in the in the playoff era that hasn't had a loss. Yes. So, you know, it's just it's a different sport right now than it was a couple of years back when they were uh, d- dominant conferences, aka the SEC. Now it's there's four or five teams at the top, and then a bunch of mediocrity, which is. Yes. You know, I guess that kind of helps Alabama when you are talking about a playoff scenario. Um, what? Okay, I'm, I'm, I asked you this. This is a question that I was excited to ask. What players at this point in the season do you feel like could be up for awards at the end? Okay, of the year? I'm gonna I'm gonna break this down for you and please do. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, good. So three that I think definitely have a shot, and three that have got a pretty good shot, but they're gonna have to either step it up or continue their level of play. Okay. Uh, guys that I think are definitely going to win awards or should definitely be at least finalists, Ridley, Hurts, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. All right? Those those three, I think, you know, I think Minka Fitzpatrick could quit playing football today and could still win an award. I mean, the guy's all over the field. People talked about Derwin James a couple of weeks ago in Alabama played Florida State. I think Minka Fitzpatrick's just as good. He's been being better honest. this year so far. Um. Now, granted, Florida State's had a smaller sample size. They've had two games, and let's face it, what what are they fighting for right now? Uh, I think Calvin Ridley's your guy that's really got a shot to win a good wide receiver award. Probably Alabama's best receiver, obviously since Amari Cooper. Maybe eclipsing Amari a little bit, and I know that's kind of like, wait, what? But go look at the numbers, and then you'll understand. Go look at the numbers. Um, Jalen Hurts just because he was SEC Offensive Player of the Year last year, and he hasn't really lost a step, and he's even gotten a little bit better. I think it's hard not to at least give him a nod for a finalist. Now, three guys that I think could win awards, uh, two of which I think they just got to keep up their current pace. That's uh, Sean Han, Damian Harris. Pierschbacher, I feel like, really could be a finalist for an award if he can just kind of step it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, he's been on the uh, offensive li- or on the uh, line of the week for a couple weeks now, a couple weeks now, um, as far as the SEC is concerned. I think that's great, but he just needs to step it up a little bit, start getting that national recognition. And I think he'll get at that opportunity as the season wears on. But I think those are my six guys. Well, that's good. I couldn't have even explained that better. And I have absolutely nothing to add. I'll add this, though. Um I want to say that Alabama hasn't even started their downward. Like you know, it feels like once they get to this point of the season, they get to the top of their hill, and then they just start rolling, roll tide. Uh, hence that phrase. No, um, there's still a lot of football to be played, and there's still a lot of impressive looking games on Alabama's schedule. Night games, Ole Miss this week. Speaking of segue, oh, segues are weird. Um, the Ole Miss game. Yes. We've got. We, we're gonna just say this once. We're gonna discuss it briefly and then we're going to go into the game. They've played as close three years in a row, two of which were wins. Last time they beat us, it was a late start, late, late start, like the 8 o'clock game this Saturday in Tuscaloosa as Alabama's coming off some big wins and looking, you know, really nice and neat. Can I just say I hate these late starts? I, I, I don't like them. eight. I don't like eight. I actually like our night games, but eight is so late. I know it's late for you. It's nine for you. It's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous that a game is starting that late. I can't stand it. On the East Coast, it, you're absolutely right. But that's what happens when you got a lot of good games in one week, and they try to fit them all in on big networks. But with Stupid. that said, 
is this a potential trap, not upset, not saying Alabama's going to lose even though they have lost this game two of the last three years. Trap meaning, is this another one where we go, hey, you might want to expect a little bit of slowness to this game? Yes, I, I think that uh, this is a game where if I'm Nick Saban, I'm walking into the locker room before the game starts and saying, you have not done, excuse me, you have not done shit yet. You, you haven't done anything. You beat an okay Vanderbilt team. Calm the hell down. You're not that good. You should be knowing, a football coach. Knowing that they are, but you can't let them get cocky. And I feel like right now they're they're sort of looking at the media and saying, yeah, they know now. They know now. They didn't know last week. They know now. We'll go prove it again this week. All right? And then they'll start really knowing. So, yes, I think it's a potential trap game just because of the confidence. I want to see Alabama. Well, we're going to talk about what we want to see right now. What do we want to see from Alabama? I want to see Alabama get up for this game, right? We won this game last year, so this isn't the whole, you know, we got this monkey on our back, Ole Miss thing. We won this game last year. I'm not going to come out here and ask for, ask for a uh, exact replica of last week. We're not going to go out there and beat them 59 nothing and set a 10-year record uh, for, for yards difference in yards gain. But there's no reason this team can't come out and should actually come out with the same focus, intensity, fire, drive, whatever you want to call it. Swagger, I think, is a really good word for it that they did against Vanderbilt. Right. There's no yeah. reason. For me, it's it's you got you got to step up on defense. You know they played well last week, but again, it was against a Vanderbilt team that is full of three stars and a four star. Runs a, a, a brand of offense that we have never ever ever had trouble really stopping. Right there, uh, you know, Ole Miss's pass game is ranked fourth in the country right now. Fourth. Well, that's what they do. They have that offense. They can sling the ball. So I think Alabama's defensive backs are going to get tested this week. Now. Like we just said, the linebacking core and the defensive backs are two things that have kind of, you know, surprisingly as a unit, now not individual talent, but as a unit have stepped up since last season. You know, I think Ole Miss has gotten significantly worse since last season. They've obviously had a lot of turmoil go on in the offseason, which I think has contributed to a lot of their confusion. However, Ole Miss has had a bye. They've had two weeks to look at tape. They've had two weeks to prepare and rest and get ready for this game. So if you think they're going to come out slow, if you think they're going to come out, you know, not ready to go, look, the Rebels have nothing to lose this weekend. They've yep. got nothing to lose. They've already lost to Cal. They're playing for an SEC West title, and then they're going to see what happens for there. So they've got nothing to lose, and they know that. So I think Alabama's got to get creative on their defensive schemes, got to start confusion in the backfield as soon as possible, whether it's blitzing, pulling everybody back, and blitzing, you know, only rushing three, things like that. Whatever you do, just make sure you're executing on defense, and then you've well, got it's, to. It's great that you say that too, because uh, their quarterback. You know, I've mentioned him on the podcast, the Shea Patterson guy. That you know, if he wasn't playing for a team that's about to get sanctions, he would be my next Deshaun Watson kind of hype dude. He's not because he's playing wow. for Ole Miss, but he's good. The Ty thing praise. with him is he's still young, very young. And I will say the big flaw in his game is when you. Um, get him under pressure and he can't get out and make a play with his feet and he has to throw it, his his accuracy goes way downhill. Kind of yes. like Deshaun Watson's did early in his uh, career at Clemson. But yes. he can be rattled. He yeah. should be rattled at an 8 o'clock start at Alabama. He should be rattled in this game. Yes. So um, you're, you're right, though. They've got nothing to lose. They're not the, playing for a bowl this year. This is their national championship. 
Yes, and, you know, I think on offense for Alabama, you, you, you know, don't get away from running the ball. No, absolutely not. Dance with the girl that brought you. You know, we, we talk about it all the time, but you just mentioned it. You like Brian Dable because he finally found something and he's sticking with it. He's not trying to get cute. And I think that's exactly what has to happen this week. Establish the run game. If they start stacking the box, establish a pass game, punch them in the mouth. We've got three monsters of running backs in our backfield. Use them. They're ready. They're ready to go. Just use them. Use them up. They don't care. They're all right. They love it. Bo Scarborough loves hitting people. If you if you watch him run and you don't think that, you're a moron. He <laughs> loves hitting people. He likes hitting people more than Derrick Henry did. Yes. So don't Derrick get away Henry from it. Derrick Henry was more finesse than people gave him credit. Um, and, and to be honest, Ole Miss's defense – is worse than Vanderbilt's, in my opinion. I'm not saying we're going to put up 50. Not one of the big reasons we put up. Now, statistically. 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 Um, yeah, one no, of the big I, reasons we put up 59 last weekend was because uh, Vanderbilt's defense was on the field the entire game. I don't think right. that's going to be exactly the case for, for Ole Miss. No, I agree. He'll get some yards against us. You know what I sure. mean? So. Sure. And I, I think, uh, you know, like I said, they're confident in their pass game. They're fourth in the country in passing. Um, you know, and I think that's something you say, what can we expect of them offensively? And that's with a bye. Right. Yeah, they, yeah. They're fourth in the country with a bye, and they've had a week to watch film. They're ready to pick apart the defense, and the defensive backs have to be ready. But defensively, Brick, what can we expect from Ole Miss? Um, you know, I just kind of said it, not much. Um, they, you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna come out just flying, and hopefully they're flying in a way where they're they're kind of overdoing it. Because, like we said, I, I really feel like this is Ole Miss's bowl game this year. They th- this is the game. This and Mississippi State are the only two that half that locker room cares about. Yes, in my opinion. Yeah, no, you know, I I think that's you're not, I think they're you're not right. going to have to be whatever. I forgot the interim coach's name. He's not going to have trouble getting his guys up for this one. No, right? not at if all. If they win this game, their season is a success. Yes. So they're going to come after, hopefully over-pursue. Um, but they have some talent on the defense. It's yes. not very refined. They're, they're very disruptive in the backfield uh, when they get in the backfield. Now, Bama has gone 550. That's 550 plays without a turnover. When that's, was the last turnover? Uh, that is a great question for our interns that we just fired. Daggummit. Why did we do that? I don't know. We, we, we acted with... God. We we need to hesitate in our actions. Kittle, 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 our stats guy. Yeah, wish Sky- he was here to look that up for me. Skyler went ahead and went to bed about no before we started the podcast, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I think uh, Ole Miss has got to get in Alabama's backfield if they want a chance to win this. They've got to disrupt the run game and they've got to make Jalen Hurts uncomfortable in the pass game. Whether or not they can do it, I don't know. Um, you know, I I think they've got to get lucky at some point. They can't waste opportunities. If they get a turnover, they're going to have to score. Lucky? Um, you mean lucky like a ball bouncing off a receiver's hands right into Demoria Stringfellow's hands? Or yes. off his helmet, sorry, into his hands? Yes. Or when Alabama did that last week to Vanderbilt. <laughs> True. When they were putting together their most impressive drive of the game, which, oh, yeah, happened to be the first drive of the game. But it didn't bounce off anyone's head. No, it just bounced off the On a play hands. where Chad Kelly just blindly throws it in the air and should should have been picked off. Yes. Yes, but you're asking me what they've got to do to win? Yeah, they need that. They need that. They need they that. Need they that. need Shea Patterson to be the Heisman contender I think he would be on any other team. And I think they need to control field position. Be clutch on third down and control field position. You know, make Alabama's defense a little bit tired, lull them to sleep, 
and then, you know, stick with Alabama in the third quarter going into the fourth quarter. If you're down by seven or down by three or even, you know, tied, you're in a really, really good spot to win that game. You know, Let's so not, I, okay, I want to say it again. They won it two years in a row and they were up 21, nothing at one point last year. Right. They know how to start fast against us. Yes. Yes. You're right. You're right. So with that said, what's your score prediction? I've got 42-14 Alabama. I don't see Ole Miss really being able to establish anything on offense. I don't think they're, um, you know, they're going to be able to really get anything going on the run game, and I think that makes it hard to score when you can't pass or run. Uh, you know, but if they can get a couple turnovers, maybe 42-21, 42-28, I just don't see this game being that close, especially if Alabama comes out as hot as they did against Vanderbilt. All right, I like that. I've got um I don't think this game ever really becomes a shootout because I do think we keep their offense in check this week. I think we do a good job confusing uh Shea Patterson who um is still young and still inexperienced and I don't even know that he's really had a major start in a, in a big stadium like this yet. So, I think we do a good job keeping him uh, a little bit rattled, a little bit shaky on his heels and um I think we score early. I think we kind of cruise and this never becomes the shootout that it can be. And I think uh, Alabama walks out with uh 34-14 kind of win. Good. Uh, one more thing, Brick. Yeah. Uh, I got my tickets for the Alabama-Tennessee game in I'm the hyped. mail. I can't wait. Can't wait. To get, Who's get, on get, them? What do you mean? Well, what, what, you usually put a play no, on No, no, no. They're, they're just the generic. They're just oh, okay. the generic okay. stuff. Yeah, they're, they're nothing. But I, I am very excited. It'll be my first time back in Tuscaloosa since, since I graduated in December 2014. So I'm very excited to be back. That very, is, that very is excited. Pretty slick. Um, third Saturday in October. Mark it down. Third fellas. Saturday in October. It's almost been four thousand days. A week from today will be four thousand days since Tennessee has beaten Alabama. Let's make it five thousand. Wow. Let's let's make it never. How about they never beat us again? How about they never win another game ever? Dear God, they're trash. Okay. Hey, your dog shelter this week, Brick. Well, uh, this is technically the first time we've done this because it didn't happen last thursday it, it didn't happen last so i want you to introduce this as a new segment okay well we did it last tuesday with hswa we did it tuesday it wasn't thursday it was yeah no, it was last thursdays tuesday. we thursday we did sound offs you're right, you're right yeah you're right. yeah last tuesday we did it uh yeah thursday we did our sound offs and i did the tasty videos remember yeah there you go uh look uh we're doing a dog shelter every week i love dogs i got my dog from a shelter um, you know, I volunteered with a lot of shelters before I got my dog, and I'm going to tell you about one of those shelters right now in Orlando, more specifically the Okoe area, uh, Barky's Legacy. Uh, you can reach them at barkyslegacy at yahoo.com or uh, go to their website at barkyslegacy.org. They've got all their adoptable pets online, beautiful pit bulls, big dogs, large breeds, American pit bull, or American bulldogs and American pit bulls. Um, you know, some other dogs, uh, really, um, Jen Bark is, is the, it's just an incredible woman over there who works her tail off. I mean, and it's a just perfect name. Just yes. Yes. And not a joke. I've asked her many times, like seriously though, you changed it. And she's like, no, this was my name. And it's, you know, a uh, great story on her, a uh, great story in the organization. Um, a, a whole handful of volunteers that would just crawl, uh, through hell on broken glass for dogs. Um, you know, and I, I love people like that. Some of the sweetest dogs I've ever met. Um, 
were you know those dogs there i didn't have a lot of experience with pit bulls till i went and worked with this organization and realized how sweet they, sweet they are and good dogs they are and what a bad reputation they get to so again that's barky's legacy um they don't list a phone number but it's barky's legacy at yahoo.com if you're interested in volunteering or sort of seeing what their dogs are like you can go to barky's legacy.org I love there it. You go. I like that. I like that that, that you decided to add that. Hey, and, uh, hey, Brick, Brick, let, Brick, let me ask you something. What's good? Where, where, if someone wanted to reach us, say on the internets, where, where could they do that? Oh, they could easily do that at a multitude of places, and we'll start with the easiest, patsinterference.com. You'll have the podcast playing on auto when you get there. You can mute it. And then you can also – well, don't mute it. Listen to it. I don't even yeah. know why I just threw that in there. But no. you can if you've already listened to the episode or you don't want to listen to it anymore. You just you want to watch it any time. I just want to know that there, there is a mute or a pause feature. That's why I mentioned it. We have come complete with the pause feature. But you can also uh, look on there. Uh, there's a way you can message us from that. Or you can go to patsinterference at gmail.com. On Facebook, we are Pat's Interference, that's with an apostrophe S. On Twitter, we are PI with the underscore podcast. Um, You can hear us on SoundCloud or iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher. Those are the four ways you can listen to us. Am I forgetting any of them, friend? No, I think that's it. Uh, Go ahead and leave us an iTunes review as well, please. Let us know what you think. Um, That's really how we grow the podcast. That's really how we get our name out there. It would help us out a lot. You know, this, this is for funsies. But we we do want to see ourselves. I mean, we're 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 from Alabama. We're winners. We we want to win. We want to compete with the best. And uh, you help us do that. There we go. That was awful. You sounded uh, you sounded like Forrest Gump with an egg in his mouth. It sounds worse at the stadium. It sounds like this at the stadium. That's kind of that's kind of because of the sound system and how they crank the bass up to just an impossible number which they shouldn't do and that's why you shouldn't do that but now we're getting off topic everybody thank you so much for listening we couldn't do this without you brick and i have always wanted to do this podcast uh you make that possible we thank you so much for listening be looking out for that national episode later in the week and brick most importantly roll time